Jason, welcome to Arts and Crafts time. This is the first time we've ever done a craft while recording the episode. This is not a craft, Alex. This is essential. Well, some people would call it a craft. Other people would call it uh, brain protection, I guess you could say. Jason, let's Mm. make tinfoil hats. Yeah, we we have to for this episode. It's uh, after what we learned... Um, first of all, I asked people last week if they thought Facebook or their phones were listening to them, and we've got some news on that, and... Well, go ahead and, and share it, because I'm, I'm working on this over here. Okay. Will you rip me off a piece of that? Yeah, hold on. Rip me off a piece of that tinfoil! Okay, guys, so last week I asked, I asked if Facebook or your phones were actually listening to you. Do you know how to rip that? There should be the ripper thing. It's on the other side. What do you mean it's on the other side? Listen, it's got to be on there. I bought Reynolds Wrap. That's oh. like the good stuff. Oh, there it is. I found it. Yeah. There it is. Here, here's your piece. I didn't, I didn't cheap out. Let me take my hat off. You did buy the... Did that guy say to fold, fold us in half? You, yeah, we watched a YouTube video on how to make tinfoil hats. So you got to make... And because it's not super wide enough, we might have to add a little extra on the top to make the, the, the antenna bigger. The antenna? The antenna that repels, not attracts oh, the, man, the sound wave. Man, I got some good. This Reynolds wrap is no joke. Anyway, so yeah, J- Jason texts me and says, "Do you think we need Reynolds wrap for the show tonight?" And I said, "Yes, absolutely." Yeah. So here we are, for your listening pleasure, listening to the sound of tinfoil. So. Yeah. We asked the question, do you think your phone is listening to you? And then Jess, I didn't get anything myself. Did you Did you have anything? Uh, but just real quick note, shiny side out. Otherwise, it won't work. Oh. I gotta flip it. Uh, no, I tried, I tried. Did you try anything? Did you get anything? I tried uh, talking. I had my Facebook app open. Yeah. And I tried talking about SeaWorld, which is a place I would never go to. Because of the documentary Blackfish, yeah, and because of my love for that, orcas, that thing is depressing. Man. It is that, super depressing. But I was like, you know what? I would never ever go there. So let me talk about it and see if Facebook is actually listening. And I never, got, nothing ever came nothing. of it. I didn't get anything either. But man, I don't really use Facebook that much. But my wife, however, holy crap, Alex! So she did is, she did she try it? She's talking on the phone. No, she didn't try it. But something popped up and she noticed it. Ooh. So she's talking to her friend Jesse about Avisalign, the stuff to, to they, like fix your teeth. You yeah, know? yeah, yeah, yeah. So her friend Jesse was saying, hey, I got Invisalign, and Jess was asking questions about it. At no point did she type in or search anywhere for Avisalign. That looks really good on you. It does? Yeah, you're you looking should, good. You should take a picture. You kind of look like a mechanical pope. I'm a mechanical pope, huh? <laughs> Uh, I made it. I made the. I made the bucket too small. That's, you that's did. The proper, you got a. You got a lot of hair to cover up. That's a. That's the official term. It, so she's she's talking with her friend about a Visalign on her phone, and then she notices the next day on Instagram what pops up. No. In an Invisalign advertisement. No. And she never typed it in. It's not like she went on Google and was like, hey, Invisalign, what about you? No. She never typed anything in. She was just having a conversation on her phone with a friend. 
about an Invisalign. And then an Invisalign ad pops up. And that's what people all over the internet are saying. Like, hey, I never typed this into a search engine, but yet here it is. Here it is. You need to, you need to put the, the hat on your head. Well, I haven't formed mine yet because I, I can't talk and make hats at the same time. It's not your spiritual gift, huh? No, I am going to get a picture of you, though. Hold on. I, I, I am making the antenna larger because it's a, it at least has to be six plus inches in order for it to properly function. Six plus inches, eh? We'll just, we'll just leave that one out there. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you're doing a little curly on it. I like it. You know what else this reminds me of? A well-known uh, New Zealand group. <laughs> the robot song from... Oh, yeah. the, the humans are dead. dead. <laughs> I saw one. It was dead. <laughs> Wait a minute. Binary solo. Zero, zero, one, zero, 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 one, one, zero, 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 one, one. Oh, man. Yours looks great, dude. Is it, is it getting there? Yeah. I would suggest, like I said, I, I would suggest a uh, an extension of your antenna. So if we yours almost these... looks like like a mechanical shark because yours like isn't like a straight up point. It's like a fin. Yeah. Do you like you like I I kind of like it, I but like, like that. I feel like it's a little loose. I've been growing my hair out too. It's a little. It's. There, just yeah, just ever there so slightly. Yeah. There uh, you go. Little adjustments. All right, we we have the proper headgear. We may be able to even start talking about this topic. Is is it okay to talk about it? Now? Yes. Our our cell phones are shut off. Mine's still active. Oh, you lied to me. This Let is me how they get us. Yeah, I'll silence it though. Maybe they can't hear me if I silence oh, it. Oh, they're always listening. It's like when like when little kids like close their eyes and think they're invisible. Yeah, you can't see me. Oh, so speaking in the same vein as the phones listening to you, OnStar listens to you. If you have OnStar in your car, it's listening. Even when you don't turn it on. Even when you don't turn it on. So I heard a story, and the story goes that this couple was having an argument in the car, like, and it was a pretty heated argument. They were yelling at each other, and all of a sudden it was just like, blip, OnStar. And I think the the I can't remember the story exactly, but maybe some of our listeners out there have heard it before. But it it basically was like, "Hey, do you need assistance? Do you need us to call the police?" Huh? And That's... it's like, "What? Excuse me? I'd be getting rid of OnStar like that day. I'd be ripping out the transmitter. I don't know." Anyway, so we are talking about Jason. We yeah. are talking about doomsday conspiracies, or. The end of the world is coming. Yes, and we're getting biblical on it. Oh, man, we're getting biblical all up in this basement. Uh, dude, I'm, I'm going to get crazy on you. Whenever somebody says the end of the world, I think of that one scene in Tommy Boy when they're singing that song. It's the end, end of, of the world, world as we know it. it yeah. And I feel fine. And then they can't sing the verse. Yeah. Because <laughs> it's ridiculous. <laughs> and then him and David Spade are just like, yeah. I love that movie. <laughs> oh, man. So I think the Illuminati are going to be all up in our grill after they hear this one. Maybe it won't get any plays at all. Or maybe it will get tons of plays because Satan is sponsoring it. What? That's kind of how the Illuminati works. Yeah, for sure. So, no, uh, before we get into this thing, you know what's creepy? What? Is Oliver's like playing a game and he's he's like, you know, just like smack talking his game or whatever. 
Mm-hmm. And he's like, oh, it's probably the Illuminati. And it's like, buddy, how do you know about the Illuminati? And did he... And he still didn't tell me where he heard it. I think he thought he might be getting in trouble, and he wasn't getting in trouble. I just wanted to know where he heard it. And because I'm sure it came off like one of he watches all these YouTube gamers, and I'm sure they mentioned it. But then I was um, watching some videos by Shane Dawson do conspiracies, mm-hmm. and he was talking about Illuminati messages hitting in children's show. So he had like a old picture of you remember Ducktales? Yeah. Every day we're out there making ducktails. Woo! Oh, I love that show. Not as much as Darkwing Duck. Oh yeah, loved man. Darkwing Duck. That's a great, great, great in du- show. And Ducktales. And one of the things, one of them was getting like their vision checked. And you know how they have the, like the eye chart on the mm-hmm. back with all the letters on it that get progressively smaller. One of those said, ask about the Illuminati. No. It did. I swear to God. And it only showed up in one frame. And then there was another one. The, the, uh, this was, this is, I was too old for it at this point and didn't have children at the light, light time. So the Disney show, The Sweet La- Life of Zach and Cody. Oh, yeah. I kind of caught the Is that ta- the right name? I kind of caught the tail end of that because I had a younger sister. Okay. So you, you know, I just had a cousin who was younger and he every time we went over her, her cousin's house he was watching it it's the little it's the little kids from uh big daddy yeah but <laughs> in the background of one of the episodes where they're at school in between them like perfectly displayed was the word the illuminati written in cursive on the chalkboard like of all the words you could randomly put on the chalkboard behind people why that like you could put like buttholes, that'd be funny. Yeah, that would. But no, that'd Illuminati. Be, no, the Illuminati. Mm. It's like, what in the world is going on with this stuff? Anyway, let you ready to do this? Yeah, I'm ready to I listen. Mean, our hats are good. Your hat looks amazing. I am ready to listen to two guys who couldn't make it as pastors, and this is the very reason why we couldn't make it as pastors. <laughs> yeah, this, this because we believe it. in this stuff too much. This <gasps> is so the the format for this episode, real quick before we go into. It, I think uh, we should explain, or do you want to? We'll explain that. Let's just let's right. roll the music. So, this is not your pastor's doomsday conspiracy episode. <laughs> You ready to get talking about this? Yes. Okay. Explain the format. All right. So I've come up with some with some conspiracy th- Well, first of all, I'm really into conspiracies. Alex, you know this. All of Jess's roller derby team knows about this. It's funny. She had a game the other day, and they're all like, hey, you got any conspiracy theories? <laughs> like our fan You're fiction. You're that guy. You're uh, yeah, that guy. Yeah, I'm turning into that guy. Some guys bring donuts. Other guys bring conspiracies. That's uh, you. We had a fantastic conversation about how... Um, the Flintstones, yeah, is actually in the future, not the past. Oh, that's another conspiracy theory. Interesting. It's post-apocalyptic nuclear war is the setting of the Flintstones. Why? Because they're always trying to recreate things like record players or bowling alleys. And how would they know about all this stuff if they actually lived in the Stone Age? Right. And then there's a theory that the Jetsons takes place at the same time. So you have your rich cloud people. Yeah. And you have your poor, lowly Stone Age people. I think I've heard that somewhere, like a, uh, like a fan fiction type yeah. thing. Oh, yeah, totally. Oh, all right, so we're, we're getting a little biblical. So I've noticed in, in my love of conspiracies um, and getting caught in several, several long 
rabbit holes that some of these kind of line up with the Bible. Yeah. Specifically about the end of the world, right? Those are the most fun conspiracies. Eschatology. Yeah. It's fun. So a couple of disclaimers. This is not an eschatology episode. Oh, what? No, I'm not trying to prove out pre-trib, post-trib, mid-trib, amillennial, pre-millennial. I'm not, this isn't any of that. Uh, One of them kind of coincides with the rapture. Well, a lot of these coincide with a lot of them. Interesting. This but just got. I'm deep. not. I'm just saying. I'm not here to like prove out any eschatological view. Of view. Esk, wow. Eschatological views. Awesome. You know the the hat helps you. Yes, it does. I don't know if it's helping me or not. You got the shiny side out. We're okay. We're good. Okay. All right. Good. So, it's. I'm not proving out any of those viewpoints. This is just simply people believe this stuff. <laughs> like, Wacky. Yeah. So, I mean, this stuff gets a lot of traction. A lot of people believe it. I'm not necessarily saying that you or I believe it. A lot of it's allegedly type deal stuff going on here. Maybe it's true. Maybe it's not true. You have to do your own research and figure out for yourself. I'm just pointing out, hey, this kind of matches up with the Bible sometimes. Yeah. So that's the that's the whole gist of it. And me, I know nothing about this stuff. I I haven't I haven't taken the time to research it at all. This is Jason. This is Jason's field of expertise, and I I'm literally going to sit here and I guess maybe give my opinion or view or just no, just we'll, sit back and go, what the crap was that? What we'll do? I'll just present these to you, uh-huh. and we could talk a little about about each of them, and then at the end, you and I can like. Uh, Maybe maybe pick a few that stand out the most to us. Okay, all right, and see what's let's, out let's there. Let's go with. I'm gonna I'm gonna start off soft. Okay, and the and here's, here's the thing. Here's your role in this. Here, here's your role in this. Okay, you're reading these verses as Gollum. Ah. <laughs> so are we ready to get rolling? Yes. We we need some like background music like dun dun dun, followed by a scream or something. Yeah. Maybe we can maybe we can work that out there. Yeah, right. absolutely we can. All right, these start off soft, then they get crazy, okay? And then they get hard. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I see the the tinfoil hat did not stop some things. Yes. Okay. Number 1. Okay. Evangelism and the spread of the gospel message will bring on the end of the world. I can see that. You can see that. Well, hey, read the verse there. Okay, I picked let out me, a verse. Let me read the let me read the verse. I made cute little notes and everything. <clears throat> this is from the Gospel of Matthew, chapter twenty-four, verse fourteen. This gospel of the kingdom shall be preached in the whole world as a testimony to all the nations, and then the end will come. <laughs> I'm going to make these really creepy. How do you feel about reading the words of Jesus as Gollum? Like I, like my true purpose has been found. <laughs> I mean, these are the words of Christ in red. These are the red letters. You, and these you made are, them red in the notes. I know, I did. Out. I had to. So, like, this whole theory that evangelism can bring on the end of the world, maybe not as far out there, but it, to me it's still a little bit creepy. Yeah. So this, I first heard this, I was listening to David Platt 
author of the book Radical, I, I think he mentions this in his book, but he definitely mentioned it in his sermons, about going into all the nations and sharing the gospel, and the moment that the last people group is reached, Jesus will return. I've heard that too. And then, which will kick off the end of the world. Of course you've heard it, Alex, because there are tons of evangelicals who believe this. So J.I. Packer, John MacArthur has done this. J. Mac. And even Billy Graham, the the late Billy Graham. Oh, Billy. So, I mean, I pull up this article from BillyGraham.org and listen to this. Recently at meetings in Orlando, Florida, organized by the Billy Graham Center at Wheaton College, it was announced that the world could be only 10 or 15 years away from seeing the Great Commission fulfilled. In other words, it is possible that every people group on earth will have heard the gospel preached to them and some portion of scripture translated into their language. To hear this announcement was astounding. And then they go deeper into it where how exciting it is going to be. You know, we always think about the first Christians and we always think about getting into heaven and asking them what it was like to start the church. Mm-hmm. But maybe they'll be asking us what would it, what it was it like ending it? <laughs> like, isn't that kind of... Like, there's something creepy about that. Like, yeah. Like, you think missionaries should be, like, called by God to go someplace. But then you have projects like the Joshua Project, and I'm not, like, bashing that project at all. It's it's a project that shows unreached people groups. Mm. But the thought of, like, God's kind of telling me to go here, but maybe the Joshua Project says I should go here, because if I go there, there's a greater chance that Jesus could come back sooner, and this whole thing could be over with. <laughs> like, is, isn't it kind of weird? Or is it just me that thinks it's a little bit creepy? It, it's, a little, it's a little bit weird, but at the same time, like... I just have a certain view that like I I kind of want the end to come because it's it's hard for us to to fathom like what the next life is going to be like like obviously we know it's better but when you when you can see this right now like it's kind of hard to like accept the fact like this is going to end and Listen, then there's going to be something else. There's crazy stuff going on all over the place. Right. Like not fake stuff, real stuff. Larry Nasser type stuff going on all over the place. And when I see that, it's hard for me not to see those news articles or those people, those women, like, explaining what happened to them and not think, just please, Jesus, end this. Like, come back now. No, my wife and I have that discussion a lot. So maybe... Maybe we need to go to some unreached people groups, Alex. There's some people in the Amazon who still have not heard the gospel or into the far, the deepest jungles of Africa who have not heard the gospel yet. Yeah. Go Let's to, go. Go to, yeah, go to joshuaproject.net and you can find them. Are you ready for number two? Number dose. Cataclysmic weather. I feel like I've heard this one too. Hasn't everybody heard this one? There's always going to be something. Or there's always some lame Hollywood movie or like some disaster film. Gonna be honest, I love every last one of them. You do? I love disaster. Why? Films. I don't know. Day After Tomorrow, I thought it was brilliant. <laughs> Wait, isn't that the alien one? No. That's uh, like uh, that's like all the big storms and the beginning of the new ice age. Um... Which people had to flee to Mexico to be saved from it. And there's a whole scene in there about thinking the president of Mexico for allowing the U.S. US citizens to come across the border. So we might not want to build that wall just yet. Not uh, <laughs> not just yet. Save your Lego bricks. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So, I mean, Jesus in Matthew 24, he says, Nation will rise against nation and kingdom against kingdom. There will be famines and earthquakes in various places. All of these are the beginning of birth pains. Alex, I have a verse for you. Or should I say Gollum? Read that. 
<clears throat> I watched as he opened the sixth ceiling. <laughs> there was a great earthquake. The sun turned black like sackcloth made of goat hair, and the whole moon turned red blood. And the stars in the sky fell to earth as figs dropped from fig trees when shaken by a strong wind. And the heavens receded like a scroll being rolled up, and every mountain and island was removed from its place. Man, okay, that's from Revelation, and that's just creepy, just like reading that. You know what this reminds me of? What? Ghostbusters. Yeah? This is the verse that Ray says to Winston in the car as they're driving. They're like, hey, do you... You know we've been busy a lot. Do you think the end of the world could be coming? <laughs> we'll get to that in a moment because oh, I've got some tie-ins. Oh my gosh! To Ghostbusters. Yes, I, I'm serious. Any episode we can talk about Ghostbusters, I'm I'm in. So here in all these like end of the world things, one of the things that kind of kick it off are earthquakes and volcanoes. Alex, okay, volcanoes. Did you know that there is a super volcano under Yellowstone? I could literally blow up at any moment. That I'm reading your note. Yeah, that could literally <laughs> blow up at any moment. And in fact, scientists think we're about forty thousand years overdue for it to blow up. Good thing I'm a young Earth guy. Yeah. <laughs> Touche. That was good. Uh, and. Uh, and other scientists said, yeah, it's gonna, it's not going to happen anytime soon. The only thing that could really kick it off would be something like a major earthquake. Okay. But I found this article on filscience.com, and I'll post a link to it. Its description of what, could, what, what, what would it be like or what would really happen sounds a whole lot like this passage that Gollum just read in Revelation. With the, the sixth seal being opened up. Yeah, I mean the sun turned black like sackcloth. That's kind of what happens when ash fills the air from a volcano. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like the falling of stars could be giant rocks falling out of the sky that have exploded out of the volcano. Hmm. I mean, there are a lot of correlations, but I mean, if it wasn't a volcano, it's surely an asteroid or a solar flare, or something of that nature. There's there's a lot of different things that could make the sky actually do this. And then there's something creepier, Alex, that humans could actually do this. Have you ever heard of a thing called chemtrails? <laughs> <laughs> yes, a crazy lady at a bookstore was trying to get me to buy into chemtrails oh yeah what do you know about chemtrails uh i know nothing i was just like uh i just really want to buy this copy of this spurgeon book and then leave (laughs) i I don't know much about chemtrails either but i do know that that people in countries put crazy stuff into the sky to manipulate the weather in fact uh science.com how stuff works had an article about what uh, Beijing did during the 2008 Summer Olympics, where they guaranteed perfect weather. And I'll post a link to this article. They guaranteed it? Like they, they said... They guaranteed perfect weather. We gonna have... <laughs> by what is called cloud seeding. 
not chemtrails, but cloud seeding. And cloud seeding is a legit thing. So static cloud seeding involves spreading a chemical like silver iodide into clouds. The silver iodide provides a crystal around which moisture can condense. The moisture is already present in the clouds, but silver iodide especially makes rain clouds more effective at dispensing their water. It goes into all these different types of cloud seeding. So literally... If it's not chemtrails, which chemtrails get all kinds of crazy, um, and those are what kind of steal the conspiracy headlines, but there is legitimate cloud seeding, hmm. which is interesting. So I'll, I'll post a link. You guys can look that up. Just Google cloud seeding, and you can find legit articles of when cloud seeding has been used. And it's kind of nutty to think about that we could drop particles out of airplanes from the sky and manipulate the weather some people think that it's to block out the sun to keep the sun from growing crops growing crops yes exactly and if you can control a nation's food you can control a nation right right Uh, but there's other kind of crazy stuff too like bill gates has technology that can stop hurricanes stop hurricanes yeah so the u.s government developed technology to stop or shift the pattern of hurricanes and in 2009 bill gates bought the patents to it so it's not that crazy to think about you guys can you guys can search that for yourself and figure Uh, out how it works but basically it's like large siphons that draw the cold water out from the bottom of the ocean to bring it to the surface and that hot cold relationship has the potential of altering the path of a hurricane. Right. Because so, it needs warm water. Yeah. So they could potentially shift it by drawing up cold water from the bottom and pushing it further off coast or directing it right to the land. Oh. Yeah. Crazy, huh? That. <laughs> I knew it. Bill right. Gates got too much money. All right. The next couple, man. We'll, we'll, we'll try to hit these up quick. All right. Number three, the population slips into an alternate dimension. Read it, Gollum. Gollum? You want Gollum to read this one? Smeagol? Yeah. Oh, yeah, Smeagol. Yeah, I think Smeagol's around. For the Lord himself will descend from heaven with a cry of command, with the voice of an archangel, and with the sound of the trumpet of God. And the dead in Christ will rise first, and then we will all be alive, who are left, and will be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air, so we will always be with the Lord. A.K.A. the Christian Rapture. Right? Gosh, I hope this happens. Yeah. <laughs> I don't want to be around for the tribulation. Which, by the way, if I could, as a, like, a magic trick, or invent something that could make me rapture, just to get out of like an awkward situation. Like, boom. Yeah, and just leave a pile of clothes, but I'm gone. First of all, that would be hilarious, because it would just scare the crap out of people. Be like, no, I was just in the other room with my rapture vanishing cream, you know? <laughs> <laughs> rapture vanishing cream i was listening to a crazy conspiracy theory and it was talking about alternate dimensions in the multiverse and i mean literally 
the stuff of Stranger Things, right? Right. Where they go into the upside down. Or there's a show called Leftovers where 2% of the population mysteriously disappears or slips into an alternate dimension. And the show picks up of what it's like for the leftovers, the rest of the people. It's just a clever name. So I'm listening to this to this interview with this guy talking about aliens. And the guy doing the interview asks, so... He didn't ask. He made a statement because people legitimately believe this. So when half the Earth's population, say, slips into an alternate dimension, is that when the aliens are going to come? There's people who believe that the aliens will return to bring comfort in the middle of chaos and help explain why so many people just disappeared. This is literally the alternate universe theories are... First of all, some of them are pretty crazy, but it's literally the atheist rapture. <laughs> like, it's like if you knew nothing about the biblical rapture and you were hearing this stuff, it's like it's this. It's, it's the same thing. It's the same thing. Yeah, just we. Yeah, yeah. I don't, I don't understand. I found some crazy articles about people accidentally slipping into alternate dimensions. And visiting some crazy places, and they sounded a whole lot like Stranger Things in the Upside Down. It was it was like we were here, but everything was off a little bit. Like Heaven is for Real, that book. What's that? You ever heard of that book? No. It's that little kid who said he went to heaven. He like he oh had like an out-of-body yeah, expi- I know what you're experience. talking about. Yeah, yeah, dude. I have always kind of thought that heaven exists the same place that hell does. Like, the earth will be destroyed, and that will be hell. But then the new earth will be rebuilt over top of it, but just, like, in an alternate dimension. This is way past my head. Yeah. This is this is nutty. Like, they exist in the same place, but not. <laughs> I don't know. It's, it's crazy. Okay, Alex, number four. Number four. Let's do number four, and then let's take a break. Okay. The rebuilding of the temple. Ooh, let me guess. You're going to go somewhere with Jerusalem in the new U.S. or capital. Or that and it's not the new capital. It's always been the capital, right? But the fact that the U.S. is now recognizing it as the capital. Yes, that's where I'm going with this. Because we're going to rebuild the temple. We, we, as we? In, we as in society is going to rebuild the temple and then according to Revelation, who sits on the throne of that temple? Uh, not real Jesus. The Antichrist. Yes. Sits on the <laughs> That's throne. That's what I was getting to. That's what I was going to say. Temple. How creepy is that? Like, there are hundreds you think, of You think thousands. the Jews are going to rebuild the temple? They have already started. What? Yes. That's the crazy part. They've already started. Let me pull this article up on my phone so I can start reading. Hey, you want to read that verse there? Uh, yes. I'm not going to do it in the Gollum voice because my throat is starting to okay, go. Okay, I kind of figured that because. All right, so actually, Arnold, can can you come? <laughs> you can have Arnold read. It. Can you come read this? <laughs> oh, you okay? You no, know, it's Second Thessalonians two three. You got your Bible? Okay. Okay. Okay, come to the mic. Okay. Don't let anyone deceive you in any way, for the day will not come until the rebellion occurs and the man of lawlessness is revealed and the man doomed to destruction. 
He will oppose and will exalt himself over everything that is called God or is worshipped, so that he sets himself up in the God's temple, proclaiming himself to be God. Is that good? <laughs> Can I go back? Yes. All right. So I pull up this article on the CBN News, and it says this. The Temple Institute is actively engaged in the research and preparation of the resumption of service in the Holy Temple to the extent of actually preparing operational blueprints for the construction of the Temple according to most modern standards. Um, he said they have made pieces of it, like the furniture, like the temple, like the menorah. It's just one of several vessels being created for the next temple. It's covered with 95 pounds of pure gold and has a price tag of $2 million. Piece by piece, the third temple is taking shape with priest garments, vessels of copper, gold, and silver, and a new generation of Levite priests specially trained for temple service. We have enough in place now to resume divine service and to build the temple, Richmond said, but obviously a lot of things have to happen in order for this to happen. I mean, they are effectively building the pieces. They're building the furniture that is going to be housed in the temple. Alex, to me, that's kind of creepy. Because hmm. when I read Revelation, it's the Antichrist who sits on the throne in the temple, right? The Jews are going to reclaim their land, and then the Messiah is going to come. Except, wait a second, in Revelation... It's not the Messiah. It's the Antichrist. And there are all kinds of crazy ties into Muslim eschatology. And it gets really nutty really quick. That's why I just hope to God that the rapture is true. <laughs> yeah. And so here's the thing. As a Christians, do we support the temple being built or do we not support it? I don't know where I officially stand on that, but I like to think that we are the temple. Like, that's what I was taught. No, like, no, no. I, like, I, you and I are the temple. We are the residents of the Holy Spirit. That's what. That's why, I mean, Jesus said, I'm going to tear this thing down and build it up three days later. And he was talking yeah. about himself. Yeah. Because he's he's the main affection of our worship because the Jews literally worship the temple. Yeah. Right? Yeah. I mean, it's 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 all a workspace because, religion it, because and all it's that jazz. The, because it's the residence of the Holy Spirit. That's where God lives. God right. lives in the temple. I guess for me... I don't know if it's necessarily a good or a bad thing. Like when, like when this all went down, I was, I was kind of like, well, historically, this has always been the capital. So like, I never understood all the people getting all upset about. Obviously, I know there's some, there's some historical things there, but like, and there's some reasons why I'm sure Trump did it and whatnot. But at the same, like, there was a bunch of people saying like, no, Jerusalem's not the capital, and how dare the the U.S. recognize it? I'm like, what's the big deal? They've the Jews have always considered it their capital. We're recognizing it as the capital. Let's just move on. I know it became very real to me when I went over to Jordan and was like, hey, what's that set of keys hanging on the wall over there? And they're like, that's my the keys to my grandparents' house that they were kicked out of because it was in Jerusalem. Jerusalem. And the Jews got to reclaim their land and they kicked us out. And that, I mean, and that's a big difference because Jerusalem is super nice and around lots of water and coastal and the other locations like Amman, Jordan are in the middle of the desert. There's nothing for you. In fact, they don't even have their own exports. They don't even have the oil in Jordan. Like they totally rely on the imports from other nations. That's yeah. their whole existence depends on it. And to see like, wow, you were literally, your parents were kicked into the desert. 
And so for the Jews to like reclaim this, it's there's going to be war over it. Oh, for sure. Like I don't see how it's peacefully agreed. So it just boggles my mind that Christians can sit over here in their pews and say, hey, I read about this temple in my Bible. Let's give it back to the Is- Israelites so they can reclaim their land. But the only way to reclaim their land is war. I mean, essentially. Well, like... For- Unless something, you know, peaceful happens, and it, maybe it doesn't lead to war. Maybe God settles it peacefully, and they just say, here you go. Well, for, like, for me, like, I, t- I take a more dispensational view as far as the the end times eschatology. I know we're not going into eschatology or yeah. anything, but just real quick, like, so for the tribulation, in, in, that, in that viewpoint, the tribulation is for... God's original chosen people, the Jews. So, like, it wouldn't it wouldn't put it past me that if that that would happen that through through that event, them rebuilding the temple and and the Antichrist, all that stuff happening as part of the tribulation, as part of their being cleansed, and ultimately realizing like, oh, Jesus was it? Dang it! Yeah. See, here's the thing: is some people believe if we rebuild the temple, Jesus will come back. But the Bible kind of alludes to, no, it's going to be... The Antichrist. When you see, I mean, I mean, Jesus said it himself in Matthew 24. So when you see standing in the holy place, the abomination that causes desolation spoken of through the prophet Daniel, let the reader understand. Then let those who are in Judea flee to the mountains. Let no one on the housetop go down to take anything out of the house. Let no one in the field go back to their cloak. How dreadful it will be for those pregnant for in those days for pregnant women and nursing mothers pray that your flight will not take place in the winter or the Sabbath for then there will be great distress unequaled from the beginning of the world until now and never to be equaled again. Now listen, people have different viewpoints. People say this has already happened. This happened in 70 AD at the destruction of the temple. Some people think, no, this hasn't happened yet. I'm just saying it's kind of weird to say, no, this hasn't happened yet. But I can't wait for it to happen because it's going to bring on the end of the world. Like, it's crazy. It, 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 yeah, it still is weird to say, this is going to be the end of the world. Yeah. And this is going to be the end of our first part of our episode. Okay. Let's right. get into a, a commercial break. Hey, listener, welcome to the break. Now, most of you know this, but I am in a band called Bringing Down Broadway, and we are playing a show tonight. Friday, March 9th at Max Bar in Lansing. I made a little promo for, and you may recognize the voice from some of our earlier promos that we've done on this show, so enjoy. Ah, Lansing, Michigan. Founded in 37 BC by a tribe of seasick albinos, the city gave fame and notoriety for having the nation's first used syringe museum. Oh, don't get poked there. (laughs) Wait, what? Completely bogus? Well, Gary, you're not giving me a lot to work with. Let's run it again. Ah, Lansing, Michigan. The half-eaten pancake capital of the world. Leonidas, king of the Spartans, once said about the great city, Never been there. (laughs) A man of few words. Wait, what? Arrogantly nonsensical? Gary, you can't vomit on a piece of paper and call it a script. Wait, what? Bringing out Broadway playing with War of Ages? At Max Bar? 
On March 9th? This is ridiculous. I'm out of here. You ready, Alex? Because these get crazy. I, they're progressively getting crazy. They, yeah, and you know the last. The, the, oh, we'll just get there. This this one's not so crazy. I think a lot of people can envision this. Number five, nuclear war. Gosh, I just I hate the idea of nuclear it's war. It's scary to think about. It's terrifying. There is a movie that I watched. It's called The Road, and I read it. Oh, I started watching that, and I had to turn it off. You got freaked out, didn't you? It didn't take long. I think I, I think that's the one I started. Uh, I think it's on so, Netflix. It's got it's got uh, Aragog in it. It's a father and son story, and the mom you you the mom the mother of the child you rarely ever see. But like if you watch that movie in the book, it never explains why it's a post apocalyptic world. But because everything's covered in ash and everything yeah. is like dying and dead, a lot of people would say like it's because of the radiation from the nuclear war that happened. It's the fallout. Yeah. Anyway, that's just if you've seen that movie. That's what it is. It's a good movie. It's a good father and son story. Yeah, I'm, I'm gonna say I am partial to apocalyptic type stuff. Like, I don't know. There's just there's, something there's, about it. There's not rapey stuff in it. It's more cannibalism. Okay. Well, that even that maybe that's why I turned it off because that's <laughs> gross too. Oh man. All right. Read the, read that verse there. Okay. So this is from Second Peter three ten. It says, "But the day of the Lord will come like a thief." The heavens will disappear with a roar, the elements will be destroyed by fire, and the earth and everything done in it will be laid bare. It kind of sounds like nuclear fallout, doesn't it? It, it kind of does. This I, is where people draw I heard, it from. I heard, a, I heard a sermon where, it was actually from J. Mack, yeah. said that it wasn't nuclear war, that it was actually God purifying the earth with fire. I don't, I, yeah, I mean, there's lots of ways to purify the earth with fire. One would say nuclear weapons. <laughs> or maybe literal fire. Or if the sun blew up. Oh, that could be it, too. We could go back to the solar flare. flare cosmoclitic, cosmoclitic. Dang it. Cataclysmic. Cataclysmic. That's Wait. hard to say. Yeah, it's a tongue twister. Poor, poor weather. Anyway, Jesus says, Matthew 24. Again, a lot of your end-of-the-world type verses, they come out of Matthew 24. The Olivet Discourse. Yes. For those theologians. Yeah. Uh, I heard that one time. <laughs> first and second Peter, first and second Thessalonians, Revelation, Daniel, Ezekiel, the end of Ezekiel, kind of kind of talks about this end time stuff. So that's where a lot of these verses come from. But Jesus says, Then will appear the sign of the Son of Man in heaven, and then all the peoples of the earth will mourn when they see the Son of Man coming on the clouds of heaven with power and great glory. So this is kind of this is kind of like I always thought this is Jesus with judgment. Mm-hmm. And he's bringing it. But there are people who don't think it's actually Jesus who's bringing the judgment in this situation. And here is their argument, is that in the Old Testament, specifically, I found one, Ezekiel 38 and 39, when it talks about the battle of Gog and Magog at the end. Mm -hmm. um, He uses the same phrases, Ezekiel, the writer, uses the same phrases that Jesus is using here. When you see the Son of Man coming, when you see judgment coming on the clouds. And um, I think, what's his last, his last name's Haim. Um, Church and Other Drugs interviewed him. Okay. Um, theologian knows his Greek, knows his Hebrew. You guys can look him up. Um, but he was explaining that this was a common expression for armies coming on the clouds, and it's not too far fetched because I was watching. Uh, 
was watching Lord of the Rings. Yeah. And the orcs were coming. And there were so many of them marching, it kicked up like a cloud. And so you it actually painted this really good picture of this army coming on this big cloud okay. into battle. And so he's like, that's the imagery. And throughout the Old Testament, God always poured out his wrath by having other nations carry out the that's battles. Right. He would raise a Babylon. To- he would raise up another nation. And then that was their judgment. Their judgment was, okay. You don't want me. You want you want what the earth can offer. You want what you know. You want life without me. Then here you go, and he gives it to him. And that's his judgment is by him stepping back. Yeah. And when he steps back, other nations step in, and then the battles happen all right. all throughout the Old Testament. So there are people who apply that logic to what Jesus is saying here. So. They have a hard time picturing Jesus as the one coming on the clouds. So, I mean, I don't know who's twisting words where or, or whatnot, but when you see the Battle of Gog and Magog, it's pretty interesting because these two armies come to battle and essentially destroy themselves. It's like the end-time judgment of all armies. They destroy themselves. And what's interesting about that is when you read Ezekiel 38 and 39, it talks about how many leftover weapons— just uh, fields full of of swords and shields and bows and all the all I mean just two gigantic enormous armies and all their weapons are just there and that's what people use to rebuild. It actually says they don't even have to touch the land or pull resources from the land because all the fuel that they need for anything is made out of the weapons of the post armies. Which I know we talked about nuclear war. And now we're talking about weapons that don't sound like nuclear war. But it's interesting to note, um, Albert Einstein said that if World War III is with nuclear weapons, World War IV is going to be Stone Age. (laughs) It's going to be back to the Stone Age. There's going to be nothing left. Right. Which is kind of interesting because some people think Gog and Magog is post-nuclear war. They think there's numerous battles. I don't know. I don't know how to decipher any of this, Alex. I'm just telling you what people think. And when they say nuclear war, the only place they can really pull it from out of the Bible is there in Second Peter. Gotcha. That's the only thing where it's talking about fire or anything of that nature. I feel like you and I aren't old enough to get into eschatology and all this stuff because I feel like this is a field for the 50-plus-year-old males. People... <laughs> I think people got to study it for years upon years before they can make sense I out feel of like it. I've only heard dads talk about this. This is pretty much it. That's, I think that's the rest why I of made us that comment. Like, I think the rest of us have get up and said, eh, it's going to be, you know, whenever. It's going to happen. We know we're on the right side because we love Jesus. And so whether we get raptured or not, whatever, I guess. Okay, Alex. But ready? let's move on. Let's you ready go to on. get crazy? What? The nuclear war wasn't crazy enough? No. Not at all. Oh, my god! The nuclear war seems kind of tame. Number six, the army hiding in the hollow earth. An army of orcs <laughs> and <Dude>. my axe. <laughs> <laughs> you joke, Gimbley, but people believe it, dude. People believe it. Okay. Read Revelation 9, 1 through 3 there. Okay. 
And the fifth angel sounded and saw a star fall from heaven onto the earth, and to him was given the key of the bottomless pit. Boom. Bottomless pit. Remember that. Keep going. Okay. And he opened... I thought that's just what I was, what I called my mouth when I'm eating nachos. <laughs> I had nachos last night. They were amazing. <laughs> and he opened the bottomless pit, and there arose a smoke out of the pit, and the pit, or and the, as the smoke of a great furnace, and the sun and the air were darkened by reason of the smoke of the pit. And there came out of the smoke locusts upon the earth, and upon them was given power, as the scorpions of the earth have power. So here you have a bottomless pit and you have a crazy army of locusts coming out of the bottomless pit in Revelation. This gets nutty, all right? So let's first of all let's read <laughs> let's read the description of what these locusts were like. So in the appearance the locusts were like horses prepared for battle. On their heads were that that looked like crowns of gold. Their faces were like human faces, their hair like women's hair, and their teeth like lion's teeth. They had breastplates like breastplates of iron, and the noise of their wings was like the noise of many chariots with horses rushing into battle. They have tails and stings like scorpions, and their power to hurt people for 5 months is in their tails. They have they have as king over them an angel of the bottomless pit. His name in Hebrew is Abaddon, and in Greek it is Apollyon. It sounds crazy. This 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 verse has always like just wigged me out. Like, what the crap is this? And it gets nutty, dude. Oh my gosh! So you don't have to put a disclaimer on this. If you've got a peanut allergy, you can't listen to this episode, oh, dude. <laughs> it's so nutty. You know what are a whole lot like locusts these days what drones oh actually i was watching the x files and a locust drone army was coming after Mulder, <laughs> and it was just thousands of these little drones like just chasing after Mulder, chasing him down there or they got into his house and they were just chasing them everywhere but the military actually has many drone armies that are called locust swarms dude nutty Gosh. but it gets crazier than that so, this army, some people think it's artificial intelligence, hmm. and your locust, maybe when John was looking into the future, this was the only way he could describe artificial intelligence. I mean, the power was in their tails to sting people. Sounds like lasers to me. <laughs> like, <laughs> gotcha. Lasers. Frickin' sharks with laser beams on their heads. But it gets nuttier than that, Alex. We got to go back to the Nazis. Oh, man. Because this... I feel like there's so much around the Nazis. Okay, so before and during World War II... These are all conspiracy theories, by the way. So, allegedly... Uh, think of the word allegedly heavily when I, when I read these things. Um, there were all kinds of rumors that... In pursuit of the perfect race, the Nazis, which were heavily steeped in the occult, divine from demons, where the Nephilim are and how to get to them. So apparently during the Great Flood, the Nephilim would have all been choked out by the water. The giants of old are aliens, whatever you want to, ancient aliens as the History Channel calls them whatever it may be. So the only safe place for them to go during the flood was into the earth where they have remained hidden until the Nazis found them. Oh my God. At the North pole. So apparently Wait, you said the North pole. I thought you said oh, the South pole. Both at the North pole. There is an entrance 
into the, people call it the hollow earth, or a big chamber underground. There are also, there's also an entrance in Tibet. Go Google search Nazis in Tibet, and you will come back with crazy pictures of Nazis with monks. And what's crazy about that is for the monks, the Nazis coming and them showing them the big opening into the ground was a fulfillment of their prophecy. <laughs> like, my mind was blowing when I heard that. So, also, before and during the war, the Nazis were going after crazy technologies. Why? Because like World the War... the Ark of the Covenant. World War I happened. And what happened after World War I? The Treaty of Versailles. And what did that treaty say? Do you know what it said? No. For, specifically for the Germans. It was brutal for the Germans. Yeah, they couldn't rebuild an army for a long time. I remember that was one of the things that they said. They had a huge arms ban, so no weapons at all for Germany. Plus, they had to repay and rebuild everything. Everything came down. And there are some people at the time when the treaty was signed was saying, this is a bit too strict. So the Germans, pour on down on their luck, were like, screw this. And they started exploring all kinds of crazy different stuff. They got heavily into rockets because rockets and missiles were not part of the Treaty of Versailles. It wasn't a gun. It was a rocket. So they could do it. And they um, that's when they started getting into all this occult stuff. And I've done a lot of research on the occult stuff, uh, like the occult of late too nutty i tried to get um zachary king a former occultist former satanist who's now a catholic on our show and he won't come on because we're not catholic which is kind of a bummer because he's got some crazy used to be catholic yeah maybe maybe i'll tell him that like one of our co-hosts we used we have other catholics come on the show we have no problem with that um any anyway so they found the north pole they found in Tibet, they also found an entrance at the South Pole in Antarctica. And what gets crazy about this is Richard Byrd, an explorer of both the North Pole and the South Pole from the United States, was actually commissioned by the Army, Admiral Byrd, to um, what's called Operation High Jump. And you can look this up. And they sent a whole fleet down to Antarctica to figure out what the Germans were doing there. And while they were there, they got destroyed and sent back home packing. And their account of what they were destroyed by were flying ships that have the ability to go pole to pole in the blink of an eye, pole to pole, meaning north to south, shot some sort of beam at them and destroyed their ships. And sent them home. Like, they could not complete the mission. They couldn't go any further. Now, I've done a lot of research into this. As much as I can do. And a lot of reading on both sides. First of all, it actually happened. Operation High Jump was a thing. It happened. They weren't going to see what the Nazis were doing, though. They were exploring the South Pole. Um, There was a vehicle built to travel on the snow and a plant in Chicago. And it was like a big deal. This this big, huge, gigantic vehicle drove from Chicago to the coast to be loading on a ship. And like you can go back and read the accounts of when this giant Antarctica vehicle drove through certain towns because the towns shut down for it to drive through. Like there's stories of kids getting out of school and like watching, 
you know, this mm-hmm. explorer vehicle drive. They got it to Antarctica. They put it in the snow and it literally couldn't go anywhere <laughs> because they engineered it poorly. <laughs> like it, it didn't work. They just turned it into a fixed base. <laughs> yeah. Uh, all kinds of crazy stuff. And what's cool about Admiral Byrd is you can go to the Henry Ford Museum in Detroit and see his planes and stuff because it's all there. Now, he was the first explorer to the North Pole, although it's kind of disputed and going to the South Pole. And what he wrote about at the North Pole on his deathbed in his journal is crazy because he said when he got to the North Pole, he found animals and people who took control of his plane and flew him in and found a race of giants. (laughs) Crazy or not crazy? I don't know. This happened back in the 40s and 50s. Nutty stuff. I can believe some of the Nazi stuff just because of there is a lot of we're mystery. Gonna get, we're going to get deeper into that in just, oh my just a moment. So, I mean, the whole Indiana Jones franchise is based on the fact that the Nazis were doing stuff other than just invading Poland and trying to take over the world through yeah. war. So I, I looked into Admiral Byrd because I'm trying to find this journal and I can't find his journal anywhere. Maybe you can find his journal. I did find quotes of him on TV and on radio programs where... He believed heavily and commissioned the government to explore both the North and South Pole because at the time they were worried about Russia coming over the North Pole. That's what he was trying to tell people. They could fly over the North Pole and get here quicker than they could by flying over the ocean. Right. And that was their whole reason to research it. And then also, you know, just to get to the South Pole. Now, one of the things the Nazis developed, and you can look this up too, is called the Nazi Bell. I've heard about this on stuff they don't want you to know. The Nazi bell has the ability to float. And what's crazy about this is they build this cement structure around the bell that looks a whole lot like Stonehenge to the point where the Nazis called it the hinge. Nutty. And how did they get the technology for this Nazi bell? It's this thing that could turn on some sort of like weird magnetic field. I don't know. A lot of people died in the making of it <laughs> uh, because it took a toll on all their scientists. Um, but it, it floated. You can go on YouTube and you could find videos of the Nazi bell and you could see this thing floating and hovering and spinning and looking kind of like a UFO, a really primitive UFO. They were able to replicate the uh, allegedly. I can't find this crap anywhere. It's in YouTube videos and stuff. People talk about it, okay? They were able to replicate this design in three other locations in Germany. They got the plans from a woman, one of their high-ranking officials, who got it by automatic writing. You know what automatic writing is? Mm -mm. Automatic writing is a whole lot like being at a Ouija board, where you sit down and say, Dear demons, take my hands and write for me. Mm -mm. And so through automatic writing sessions... She wrote down the plans in some weird Latin ancient language. It wasn't in German. The instructions on how to build what's known as the Nazi bell. That's demonic right it there. It gets crazier. How does it so get people, crazier they, than they, that? They took this this technology at the end of the war. First of all, we know the Nazis were all about Argentina, and there are people who allegedly think that is the deathbed of Hitler. That I Hit- have heard that. Hitler died in the 70s in Argentina, not at his fake suicide. Crazy stuff. But anyway, the 
the Nazi army took this stuff to Antarctica where they finished developing it and researching it. And then Roswell happens. And there are people now coming out with the theory, who don't think it's a theory, that the UFO that landed in New Mexico was not a UFO at all. It was a German craft. And they claim that there's German writing and swastikas all over it. You are, you got the like the blankest stare at me right now, Alex. I don't know if any of this stuff is true. I'm just I'm just saying how far fetched is it to believe that the Nazis who did all kinds of crazy stuff developed a breakaway society down in Antarctica underneath the ground where they can continue to develop this technology. Oh, by the way, um, the nations which just had two world wars um, which resulted in the deaths of, I think, World War One was like 17 million people. World War Two was 80 million. If you count famines and stuff, it was 120 million, million people. Devastating amount of deaths. And all these nations came together magically and decided to sign a peace agreement over Antarctica. <laughs> and equally share it. Um, and of late, people like uh, John Kerry... There was a the former for, secretary former of secretary of state was down okay. in Antarctica. People make all of these trips down to Antarctica. There are all kinds of crazy theories about Antarctica and Nephilim and UFOs and aliens taking place. Now, how hard would it be, Alex, to think that right now in some pit somewhere for the last 50 years... A breakaway society has been being born, making babies, making life into an army with highly advanced technology that looks a whole lot like the locust described in Revelation with the ability to sting and fly and do crazy stuff. It's not that far-fetched. And here is why I don't think it's that far-fetched. It's because during World War II, when the U.S. soldiers invaded Germany, they found all kinds of crazy stuff, like baby factories. Go search baby factories during World War II. German baby factories. That's, this, is, this, is, you, this is legit history. This, isn't, this, this, is. this is no more alleging no, from Jason. it's not allegedly. It happened where they were essentially replenishing, replenishing their soldiers because not... <laughs> Germany thought the war was going to go on forever. The thousand-year Reich. It's it's crazy, and I could talk a little. I could talk longer on this, but we got to get to our next topic. And here's what I'm going to use to transition and take the focus off Germany and put it on us, the United States. During gosh after World War II. There was something called Operation Paperclip. Do you know what Operation Paperclip is, Alex? Is it the the thing from Microsoft Word that told you what you were doing wrong when you were using <laughs> Word? I wish. It's a whole lot creepier than ah, that. Ah, dang it. I was so hoping that's through what it was. Operation Paperclip, the U.S. who recognized that, hey, these um, Nazi scientists did a lot of research, and it would be kind of wrong just to put them in prison forever. Maybe we could recruit some of them. Operation Paperclip is the paperwork to reassign Nazi scientists 
and researchers and pulled them into the U.S. and used them as our own. What the crap? So you ready for this? I mean, I'm sure. Okay, just real quick. I'm sure some of them were forced into service for Germany, right? Some of them had to be forced into it. So then, yes, that that is absolutely true. They were they were forced to do things. Others, not so much. But yeah, what I'm sure some of them are just evil. What Operation Paperclip helped them to do it helped them to hide their their Nazi supremacy, basically, mm. because that that was the claim. Hey, I was just forced to do this. I, I didn't want to do it. They made me do it. It's you it's know, unfair they, to put me they to trial. My family or something like that. One of those guys was Werner von Braun. You know who he is? It's Vona. W's or V's in German. Okay. Vona. Vona von Braun. I don't know. I'm just messing. Do you know who he is? No. He founded NASA. I just watched Hidden <laughs> Figures. <laughs> he he didn't found NASA, but he supplied us. He was a rocket engineer. Why? Because after the Treaty of Versailles, the Germans had free reign on rockets. It wasn't considered a weapon. I mean, our rocket technology is Nazi German technology. It's pretty nutty to think about. But, mm. but there were all kinds of other Nazi scientists who came over to the U.S. and worked secretly for us. Operation Paperclip, you can look it up and do the research for yourself. But that leads me to our final and number seven. We're going to talk about the Whore of Babylon, Alex. What a skank. And how <laughs> people think the Whore of Babylon is the heart of the New World Order, the city of New York. <laughs> <laughs> my wife was just there oh uh, i was there i've never been i don't have any desire to go to that big of a city sorry new york all right i'm man. all about woods i have a verse here do you want to read this last passage it's kind of lengthy yeah i can i can read this last one okay this one is from revelation 13 15 through 18 it says this and he had power to give life unto the image of the beast that the image of the beast should both speak and cause and cause that as many as would not worship the image of the beast should be killed. And he causeth. I pulled this out of the King KJV. I, 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 I thought you were going to read it as Gollum and then it just might sound more, but it's kind of, it's like my voice is, my voice is going. It's probably the hat. And he cause causeth all both small and great, rich and poor, free and bound to receive a mark in their right hand and or on their foreheads. And not in that no man might buy or sell, save he that he had the mark or the name of the beast or the number of his name. He is wisdom, or here is wisdom. Let him that hath understanding count the number of the beast, for it is the number of a man, and that his number is six hundred, six hundred three score and six. Six six six. Dun dun dun. That was hard to read. Oh, yeah, I'm I sorry. I need that in ESV next time. Okay. <laughs> uh, I'll make the switch for you. The Mark of the Beast. How many times have you heard this, Alex? What is the freaking Mark of the Beast? We make everything. Everything's the Mark of the Beast, right? Yeah, Our very first read... episode said Pokemon Go was the Mark of the Beast. Oh, I forgot about that. You nice, remember that? Nice poll to episode one. I know it. Well, Phantom now they're Menace. coming out with a Harry Potter version. What? Yeah, there's going to be a Harry Potter 
Potter version of Pokemon Go. Will you catch the beast, the Fantastic Beast, and where to find them? Uh, you have, like, I don't a know. Wand? I want a Ghostbusters version of Pokemon Go. Where it's, I'm, it's not going to happen. I'm it's catching not, some it's ghosts. It's not cool anymore to millennials. No. <laughs> but this isn't so much Armageddon as much as it is Amerigeddon. <laughs> Amerigeddon. <laughs> Get my truck and my dog. People are all kinds of crazy scared about the mark of the beast. And I don't, when I read Revelation, I don't quite know why. They say things like, um, right, because those, you can't buy or sell anything unless you have this mark. So people all, it has to do with some sort of currency, which, you know, that, Maybe? I I, I don't know. That makes sense. People thought debit cards were the mark of the beast. I'm not kidding. I saw a pamphlet on cell phones were the mark of the beast. Because you can't... It's starting to become that you can't function in society without one. Yeah. And, yeah, see, to me, that makes more sense. And then you have things like like Apple Pay or Samsung Pay or, you know, you pay or use your phone maybe in the future. You can only use your phone to buy or sell. And then everybody will have the mark of the beast. The thing is, is that people willingly took the mark of the beast, like, or unwillingly took it. I mean, you had to have it. We still live in a society. I can still, I don't have to have a debit card to buy things. I don't have to have a phone to buy things. Maybe it could be. Maybe there's a fear there. I mean, it is easier to do it that way, but technically, you can still be pulling money out of your, your mattress as they used to do back in the Depression era. Yeah. So, I mean, there's there's more than just the mark of the beast. I mean, eventually it's going to get down to this great city, the Whore of Babylon, which many people think is a city. Martin Luther thought it was the Vatican. He thought it was the Roman Catholic Church. He oh. thought that was the Whore of Babylon. Oh, yeah. I mean, give it the context of his time. Yeah, he, yeah. And, yeah, I mean, you know what? I don't know. Maybe some sort of foreshadowing 500 years ago. I think a lot of things are types and symbols of what is to come. I just, I just think that's, yeah, that's the way the Bible works in a lot of places. But um, I think this is Revelation 18. It's talking about the deception and how everybody looks at the city for everything, and it says this. Uh, and the merchants of the earth weep and mourn for her, since no one buys their cargo anymore. Cargo of gold, silver, jewels, pearls, fine linen, purple cloth, silk, scarlet cloth, all kinds of scented wood, all kinds of articles of ivory, all kinds of articles of costly wood, bronze, iron, marble, cinnamon, spice, incense, myrrh, frankincense, wine, oil, fine flour, wheat, cattle and sheep, horses and chariots and slaves. That is human souls. So even people are going to be traded out of this big giant city. And then later on in Revelation 18 and verse 23, it says, for your merchants were the great ones of the earth and all the nations were deceived by your sorcery. And in her was found the blood of prophets and saints and all who have been slain on the earth. People look at the city of New York and all the evil that's going there, how the whole world depends on New York for things like the stock exchange. It's the home of the United Nations, you know, this one world government kind of crazy stuff. I'm glad I have my tinfoil hat on at the moment. I'm surprised this hasn't shut down yet. Yeah, your computer's still running? Yes, it is. You know it. You know our phones are actively listening to us. But you can picture 
this whore of Babylon, this great mighty city, because that's what it is, um, surrounded by many waters, like New York, where ships come out and send things to all over the world, including human slaves, and how people are going to weep and mourn because it's the only source of income or trade when it is destroyed in one hour, because that's what the Bible says, that's what Revelation says, that its city and its destruction will come to a swift end in one hour, the whole entire place will be flattened. But there are all kinds of conspiracies about how America's going to end with New York being central to that. Um, There are conspiracies of FEMA camps opening up in Walmarts. We talked about this. Go search Walmart FEMA camps and you will get returns of just crazy amounts of videos and people creeping on old Walmarts that have been turned into FEMA camps or military bases. Uh, What does this all mean? I don't know. There are other, dude, there are other people who believe that your birth certificate is a guaranteed bond of the Federal Reserve that is a tradable commodity. And in the event that the U.S. cannot repay their debt to whomever, that American citizens can be offered up as collateral. There are things in your birth certificate that allude to that. I have a hard time finding them, but there are people who believe that. And connected to it, there are people who say you are U.S. citizens, but you can also become, there's this higher class of free citizen, and you can attain free citizenship by basically not being born. (laughs) I mean, getting rid of everything. You're looking at me. I can't tell if you're scared or... I just, I obviously just think that I'm, I obviously I don't know what to think because some of this stuff has has a little bit of truth that could possibly be in it. Like if if you believe in the total depravity of man, which I do, then this doesn't seem that far fetched. No, and I when it talks about all the people being slain in the great city and all the treachery that's come from it, it's hard for me not to connect that to September 11th, which is just ripe with conspiracies. Uh, which I don't know if I want to get into. No, we're, because, this episode's getting kind of lengthy. Yeah, I, I started getting into them on my Facebook page, which I normally just use for suggesting Applebee's to people looking for restaurants. <laughs> Seriously, that's that's really all my Facebook is for. And it offended a lot of people really quickly, and a lot of people were like, hey, there's kind of something there. That's another thing for another day. Um, but you look at all the people who were murdered on September 11th, and then the, res- the the wars that followed, the wars on terrorism, and the number of people. I mean, it's, it's easy to say, look at this city, look at what happened in it. Everybody knows about it. And without that event happening, did any of the successive wars happen? Probably not. Probably not. I'm, and that's not saying, I'm not saying who did it. I'm just saying the whole world knows about this event. When I went over to Jordan... And and got in the cab. The first thing the cab driver said is, where are you from? You know, from the United States. He goes, we are sorry about 9-11. Those were not true Muslims. We are sorry. We are so-. I, like he was he was apologetic, almost in tears. 
Like those were not true Muslims. They were not true. Mm-hmm. Like he just kept going over and over. He couldn't apologize enough. I was kind of taken back by it because it was like 2014 or something. You know, it happened. Yeah. But I mean, that event in itself is heartbreakingly devastated. Alex, I was there Macy's Day Parade right after September 11th. I don't know. Have I ever told you this? No. I got as close as you could get to ground zero because it was all barricaded off, dude. And the amount of ash and dust, knowing that those were dead human particles all over those buildings, the amount of missing person signs, the amount of heat still coming up from the ground. I mean, I was there. I was on those streets. And it was brutal. I mean, I just sat, I just stood there in the middle of the road because it's blocked off a few blocks from ground zero and just cried my eyes out. Like it was that devastating. Gosh. So to see all these different ties coming back to the city of New York, whether you believe it or not, I mean, there's a video that ties into the new world order. It does a whole lot better of depicting New York as the whore of Babylon which, by the way, I don't believe. Mm. I'll throw that out there. I do not think New York is the horror Babylon. I just don't. I think it's going to be some new city way in the future in the Middle East. That's just what I believe. Um, but, yeah, to, to see the devastation of that, that, that video anyway, it, it goes into far greater detail. And it's got like almost three million views. So, and people are like believing this. And that's the problem. With doomsday conspiracies, Alex. Can we get this over with now? Because we got crazy and then we got depressing. Yeah, we kind of did. Um, good news is Jesus yeah. is coming back. Yes. <laughs> so we really look forward to that day. And what what I hate about all of these is they are big, giant distractions. Oh, for sure. So, like, I'll I'll, I'll share this story. Like, everybody knows, like... You know, I've, I've recently, because of the 2016 election, I've, got, I've gotten into politics and trying to follow the news more, trying to follow what's going on. And there's sometimes I listen to the news. And it's like, this is extremely depressing. And I, sometimes I get like angry and like, yeah. and I'm like, I'm seeing myself like, okay, why am I getting this way? And so like, I immediately, what I do is like, I go, I get on my phone. Uh, I have a whole playlist of just worship songs or like I have uh, a few different uh, pastors that I listen to as far as just sermons. And I, I kid you not, it's the fastest way to get me out of that depression, out of that, that anger back focusing on Jesus. You and going, recenter like, yourself on Jesus. And it's like, Oh my gosh, why did I ever trail off this path to, to, to study politics or to, to debate people over, uh, over issues? Like, when the real issue is Jesus. Yes. So. And to me, like, I wasn't going to pick this topic. We needed a topic for today. Yeah. But then I heard an awesome sermon by our pastor on the sermon preached by Peter in Acts chapter 2. Mm. And to me, I mean, maybe it's because I've been looking into conspiracies a ton. There is, when I think of the word conspiracy, I think deception, right? Mm-hmm. In order to have a conce- uh, conspiracy, you have to have some sort of deception. There's some sort of hidden truth. There's some sort of lie somewhere. Yeah. And the great lie in Jesus's time was that he's not really the king. Yeah. And so many Israelites had fallen to that great deception, despite the miracles that he was doing, despite all the f- prophecies he was fulfilling. People still looked at him, and they were they were deceived. They they didn't believe until. 
Peter starts preaching there in Acts chapter 2, and they were immediately cut to the heart. It's kind of like the veil was lifted off their eyes, and they were seeing Jesus for the very first time. And they were saying, what must we do to be saved? This is on us. We killed him. And to me, like, there's something extremely beautiful about repentance in that. Yeah. That it's available. Yeah. That is offered. And repentance, right? It's, uh, you know, grace is available. Repentance is turn the other direction, turn 180 degrees, flee from sin. But a lot of times we don't know that we're in sin. What if we're in the middle of a great giant deception? What if there is a human hybrid army in Antarctica? <laughs> Who, Who knows? knows? I personally don't think there is one. But people do. People anticipate it. They anticipate these aliens coming are this human hybrid race, are this artificial intelligence or, or something. And what if we are in a deception? What if we need repentance? What if the United States is some sort of giant nuclear empire that is imposing its will on all these other countries? Would we not be guilty of the blood of people? Possibly, but repentance can happen last minute and grace can be offered. And that's why our God is just so awesome that he just offers that to people just freely, like, you could turn now. Yeah. Now. How about now? How about now? So any of these, Alex, I know our episode's long and we're going to skip feedback. Yeah. Any of these have we'll any save the merit? feedback for next week. Any of these have any merit? You think any of them? What do you think about any of these? Any uh, crazies? Um, <laughs> you believe Nazis are down <laughs> in Antarctica? <laughs> I wouldn't put it past them. I, yeah. Me. That, yeah. Hitler was a madman. And I think he like, was like I said before, the reason why the reason why all the Indiana Jones movies are like I, I told you about that game that I've been playing with my buddies, the Nazi zombie game on Call of Duty. Yeah, there's a lot of like fan fiction that kind of has like a little, you know, sound of truth in it because yeah. it, like the Nazis did do a bunch of crazy experiments. And according to according to the, their storyline that they created a, a race of zombies to attack yeah. the allied forces. Anyway, I hate getting caught up in the fear of say, say they did use the occult, say they yeah. did use Satan and achieved all this stuff. I wouldn't put that past Satan either. I think he's real. I think he's powerful. Yeah. Um, but I th- don't think we have to fear him. No. And so because God just goes flick more or less yeah and you done yeah put a fork in him he's done anyway so one of the things that i think based on all of these different conspiracies is that mankind is pretty destructive yeah and mankind will probably wipe itself out (laughs) in one fashion or another uh that's the the terminator 2 brings it up he said that arnold says it. he says you're programmed to destroy one another and he's looking at the two little kids that are playing with toy guns that are pretending to shoot one another. Oh, man. And it's like, yeah, it's kind of true. Uh, so to our listeners, you sat through this long little... Uh, Conspiracy episode. Presentation. If you're still here, give yourself a pat on the on back. Doomsday. Alex and I are still here with tinfoil hats on. And make sure, Jason, we have to say this. If you've made it through this far, you might as well reward yourself and us by giving us a dollar on patreon (laughs) you could do that i would love to hear what people think about this yeah i'd love to hear theories that you've come across oh my god with biblical ties i'm all about them i like researching them i like seeing what people get caught up in i think it's fascinating and also jason 
yeah. if you loved this episode so much, you can leave us a five-star review. Yes, which somebody did but didn't say anything, so we can't read it. Yeah, so if you want us to read your five-star review, you have to actually leave a comment, which you're able to do that when you click rate this podcast. You can put five stars, and then there's a little section for the comment. So that's how we, that's how we read the five-star review. So make sure you leave those. Yeah, so Alex, say that you know, the church are just people in general are going through the tribulation. Right it, now? No. I oh. mean, at some point in the future. Okay. And it just looks like the end is near. They're down on their luck. Maybe like Peter says in his letter, some of them will say, uh, where's God at? Because this is pretty terrible. Going to confess. I've thought that myself. Um, what, what advice would you have for those people? <laughs> You know, to to hang in there, to 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 keep going, to to give up some motivation. <laughs> Dearly beloved, this Lord's Day sermon is titled "Keep Your Stick on the Ice." 